American Timelines is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network. For more information, go to queencitypodcastnetwork.com. Drink water while we start this. That's not water. That's rum okay. mixed with orange juice. All right, let's try one coconut more time. Rum and coconut and orange doesn't go well together. Ew. Coconut and orange. Yeah. Mm, yeah. All right. Um, welcome to another episode of American, American Timelines. Time I'm Amy, and I am American Patriot Joe. Oh, okay. And we are history for jerks. You're a you're a patriot. I'm an American today? patriot. Okay. I was gonna say American patriot. Gary Peppers. No, you weren't. <laughs> I was gonna say that. No, you very obviously weren't. Do you know anybody named Gary Peppers? <laughs> no, I wish. Do you wish you did? He sounds like a. I think he sounds like a great guy. Brian Peppers. Swell guy. My name's Brian. Isn't Brian Peppers that weird-looking mugshot? On that? Welcome to History for Jerks presents American Timelines. <laughs> You're just ignoring me. <laughs> yeah. Aren't you supposed to do a description of what American Timelines is? Like, what kind of podcast is this? Well, I thought you would... I, I'm still wondering about that Brian Peppers. Oh, Brian Peppers. He was that guy who... Like, real well, weird-looking... Probably looking. about 20 years ago, he was on the sex offender registry... Oh, and he was really creepy looking. And he looked like he had some sort of disability where he looked, he was like. He had like a like syndrome. A yeah, like he had like sharp fang teeth. And his big his bulg- eyes bug eyes. Bug out. And then uh, he That's was like right. a kitsch go-to reference for people for a while. I forgot about that. Yeah, Brian Peppers was his name. Yeah, I forgot all about that. I yeah. I mentioned that. All right. Okay. What is our podcast like? What is this? Oh, What's the format? This, this is the podcast that brings you. Uh, crazy and interesting facts and events from years gone by. You really need to find your paper. I know. That you said it so succinctly. I know. It's on queencitypodcastnetwork.com. They've, it's like they took exactly what you wrote. Oh. Um, the crazy, zany things that happen year by year. Queen City Podcast Network. There it is. This is the show that brings you all the... Dot com. Interesting. The Charlotte-based podcast that brings you nostalgic, interesting, and crazy events in American, American pop, pop culture history, history year, year by year. year. Amy gives timelines of a true crime story while Joe explains what was happening in pop culture one year at a time. All right. That kind of sums it up. That does. There should be another sentence that says, Joe's a effing idiot. I, I didn't know we were on there like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's we're on uh, queencitypodcastnetwork.com. That's part of being a network, baby. Yeah, it's pretty profesh-looking. Profesh yeah. I like it. Yep. All right. Yeah, we're trying to we're trying to do a thing. And so uh, those of you listening, if you are listeners and you are in the Queen City in Charlotte and you've always wanted to meet Joe and Amy and say hi and meet us in person, come to the Queen City Comedy Experience. And on the Sunday, the last day of it, is International Podcast Day, September 30th. Oh, yeah, that's 2018. Right. And we will be at Spirit Square. 
in person with some of the other podcasts. Oh, are are we doing that? Yeah, we're doing like a meet and greet, I think. Yep. Do you think there's going to be anybody that wants to meet us? (laughs) Maybe not us. (laughs) That might be the saddest day of my life. (laughs) I'm standing there and nobody comes over. Well, maybe not us, but the other podcast might want to meet us. And so we're trying to get all the other podcasts to kind of plug it to. And so we all just kind of, and if nobody comes, we can just meet each other. You know, It's true. We always meet each other. Yeah. I mean, mean, we can meet the other podcasts. I thought you meant like me and you. No, no. You and I. Me meeting you. No, we already know each other, but you and I, (laughs) (laughs) we're very intimate lady. <laughs> yeah i know but we haven't you have never met anybody with the charlotte podcast or the yelp charlotte podcast or the Sh- cheers charlotte radio where they talk about beer you've never l- met anybody with the creative loafing podcast or you may have seen or the comics alternative the newest member of the queen city podcast network oh, nice. so we'll all meet and greet with each other and they can get their people out there and then we can talk about each other's podcasts high five each other maybe tape our wieners together and then go see rob schneider at the mcglowan theater that's right. So that's going to be fun. That's yeah. a big fun time coming yeah, up. Yeah, we're going to do that. Uh, so come and listen and be part of it and say hello. But now it's time before... Not to mention Ryan Burkett will be at the, Ryan Burkett, at the comedy. He will be. He's a good... He's a listener, friend of the show, beautiful, tiny fellow with a sleeping disorder. Uh, that Several. also is a skilled improviser and sketch comedian. Um, and he is actually teaching a workshop in that festival as well. Yes. But, be fun. but let's jump right into 1972, shall we? Yes, let's do it. All right, what happened first? Well, the thing, there's some things about 1972. Um, 1972 was a, was a different year. Uh, things were changing. It was the year that tennis balls became yellow instead of white. They really? Were, they were white or black. They became yellow in 1972. That's weird. Um, it was the year... Of the commercials. The two big commercials were, hey, Mikey, he likes it. Oh, my God, yes. And and um, the mind is a terrible thing to waste. Oh, the Negro College Fund? Negro College Fund. That was launched in 1972. Those were uh, those were the commercials on. Yep. And uh, remember Mikey, he likes it? Remember when they yeah. had the, they were a reboot of that in the, in the, what was the 90s or the late 80s where uh, um, they, they did a contest, like they showed like a, a like 25 adults, and you had to guess which one was Mikey. Like oh, which I one didn't was, know that. A bunch of jackasses. Like, which one did Mikey grow up to be? And then you find then there was a reveal. Oh, I don't remember that. Um, there was, years after the commercial uh, appeared, there was an urban legend spread. Oh, the, I think I do remember this. The actor who played Little Mikey had died after eating an unexpectedly lethal combination yep. of... of, of um, wait a minute. It's the thing everybody said that you die from, mixing these things. Oh, God. And it's an urban legend, and I can't remember. Pop rocks and soda. Oh, that's right. Everybody says. Yep. It it supposedly caused his stomach to inflate with carbon dioxide. But Mythbusters uh, busted that myth. They debunked the story, and they also tried to contact uh, Mikey. Mikey, whose name was. uh, His last name was Gilchrist. But I. Looks like I. uh, With this. Document. I've. I was doing you a new thing. I missed. I'm missing pieces of stuff. Um, also, 1972 is uh, the year that it was the end up being the longest year in history because um, oh. due to the inclusion inclusion of a leap day mm-hmm. in two leap seconds, 1972 is officially the longest year oh, in history. Oh, that's funny. So we're going to be covering that. That's this is the year we're talking about. The longest year in history. We're talking about. We're talking about. The year the F-15 Eagle fighter jet was introduced. 
Okay. We're talking about the year the household dish cleaner Dawn was released. Huh. We're talking about the year a crack commando unit was sent to prison by military court for a crime they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from a maximum security stockade to the Los Angeles underground today. Still wanted by the government, they survive as soldiers of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help. Oh, boy. And if you can find them, maybe you can hire the A-Team. Wait a minute. At the beginning of every 18 episode, they say, in 1972, a crack commando unit was sent to prison. Oh. So, so the A-Team was based on... It, the. Guys, this happened in 1972. That's when they were sent to prison. But it wasn't, there's not a real event that happened. No, it's a fictional show, but that's okay. when it happened. Okay. Frankenberry cereal included dye that turned some children's feces pink in 1972. Oh, my God. Uh, and due to an inability to break down the heavily dyed breakfast food, children's feces became pink, and this symptom was referred to as Frankenberry stool. Okay. I've always wanted some Frankenberry stool. I'm... I'm glad I know that. 1972 was the year Samuel L. Jackson debuted in film. Oh. The the film Together for Days okay. in 1972. Is con- it's considered lost. Nobody can find it. The film? Yeah. It has no known copies in circulation. That's weird. Samuel L. Jackson was still a student at Morehouse College in Atlanta, Georgia, when he portrayed Stan in his film debut. The film was about a romance between an African-American man and a Caucasian woman and the reaction of their friends and families to the mixed-race relationship. And that's a pretty early to have that in the movie. Yeah, that's early. Maybe that's why it's missing. Maybe yeah. Some racist people took it. Other actors to make their film debut in 1972 mm-hmm. are Ned Beatty in Deliverance. Mm-hmm. Jodie Foster in Napoleon Dynamite. What? No. no. Napoleon and Samantha. <laughs> I was going to say. Yeah, but what if it was Napoleon Dynamite? Uh, Bob Hoskins made his film debut. Okay. Uh, ben Kingsley made his film debut in 72. Steve Martin, John Lithgow, Nick Nolte, and Lily Tomlin and James Woods all made their film debuts in 1972. 1972. This was the year of the debuts of all those people. Um Bill Cosby signed a $1 lifetime contract with the Harlem Globetrotters in 1972. This was, well, I was going to say it was pre-rape, but pre-knowing he was raping people. Yes. And then, so he signed a $1 lifetime contract. He played with the Globetrotters one game in 1972. For a dollar? Yep, for a dollar. But in 1986, his pay was increased to $1.05. And the Globetrotters, I think, are the only group to not... Uh, disassociate themselves with him. Like all his other honorary degrees, everybody said, no, we're rescinding them now yeah. that he rapes everyone. Yeah. I don't think the Globetrotters have rescinded it. Really? Yeah. There's a, uh, there's so he still gets... I, I think he's... I don't think he really gets it, but I think he's supposedly... One, you know, because the Globetrotters yeah. are like a fake... Right, I know. It's not a real team. Yes. You know, they're just going yeah. around. Um, clothes had a lot less static cleaning in 1972. This is the year we're in. Thanks mm-hmm. to the introduction of introduction of bounce dryer sheets okay that came in 1972 doritos started selling nacho cheese doritos in 1972 they were just regular old corn chips until then that's funny the nacho cheese came on doritos in 1972 this is the year we're jumping into the future it's um it's the the, the learning channel debuted in 1972 mm-hmm. um it was originally it was founded by the department of health education and welfare and nasa did you know that? And now it has like Honey Boo Boo or something. It was the Appalachian Community Service Network, and now it's yeah, now it's got Honey Boo Boo on it. Probably. Yeah. Um, television shows 
The top the top five television shows in 1972 were All in the Family, Sanford and Son, Hawaii Five-0, Maud, and Bridget Loves Bernie. Those were the top five oh, shows. I, I have no memory of Bridget Loves Bernie. Well, let me tell you about it. Bridget Loves Bernie was created by Bernie Slade, depicting an interfaith marriage between a Catholic woman and a Jewish man. Bridget Loves Bernie was based loosely on the premise of the 1920s Broadway play and 1940s radio show, Abe's Irish Rose. It stars Meredith Baxter and David Burney as the title character. Okay. It was canceled by CBS after only one season despite high ratings, and then Baxter and Burney got married in real life after the program went off the air, creating the greatest actress in American history, Meredith Baxter Burney. Oh. That's how she got her name. She married Burney. I see. Yeah. Bet you didn't know that. Yep, now I do. Okay, so that's I Good think thing. that covers like all of the things. Oh, one other thing, 1972, with not without a date attached to it, just to put you in the mood of what 1972 was, there was a minor political scandal in Washington State when an assistant to then-Governor Dan Evans posed as a college student to follow around his opponent during the campaign and report information back to the governor. The assistant was Ted Bundy, the serial killer. Wait, say what? Did you know that? Say that again. There was a minor political scandal in Washington State when an assistant to then-Governor Dan Evans Mm -hmm. of Washington State, Mm -hmm. he had an assistant, and the assistant posed as a college student to follow around his opponent during the campaign and report information back to the governor. And that was Ted Bundy? Ted Bundy was the man that did that, yep. I knew he was a Republican, like he was in Young Republicans and stuff. Yeah, so he was like actually helping with the campaign by infiltrating another one. That was probably before he killed anybody. You never know. Maybe he was killing people. I think they have Cosby a, was raping Harlem Globetrotter fans. They have a pretty fans. clear timeline of his killings, and I don't think they happened that. Oh, okay, Miss Expert. We'll find out. We will find out. Well, because. Yeah, because his killings, his first killing isn't until later in the 70s. Okay. I, I know for a fact because I wrote down. Okay. Well, let's let's just go ahead and start jumping into actual things that happened in this year of tennis balls and Mikey and terrible things being wasted and uh, Ted Bundy being a serial killer and the longest year in history with a leap day and the, the uh, Dawn being cleaning everything and a, all right. the A-team starting Frankenberry Feces and Samuel L. Jackson debuting. Let's jump into that year. Uh, uh, oh, one other thing. You could not buy a glass of liquor in Texas until 1972. It was only legal to sell the entire bottle. Oh. So bars would offer beer, wine, or setup or a setup where you could bring your own bottle of liquor, and they would set up the drink for you. So they just pour it for you? Yeah. Isn't that dumb? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was dumb. In 1972, they passed a law that changed that. Okay. But jumping right into the f- the first of the year... On Saturday, January 1st, 1972, the number one song taking over the spot, pushing um, Melanie mm-hmm. from Brand New Key. If you remember yes. last year, that was the first so- uh, top song. Don McLean. American Pie? Bye, bye, Miss American Pie. This is the first song on the Billboard charts to be 155 minutes long. Yeah, it was a long song. Yeah. Um Every time you play it. You know what pisses me off? People at karaoke sing it. Yeah, because they're going to be up there forever. Forever. And that and Paradise by the Dashboard Light. It's like, oh, God, come on. Nobody wants to hear you all day, buddy. Yep. Every time that song is played, 175,000 people die. 
Is that right? I don't know. Let's make that up. You're probably right. It's probably something like that. Could be. That's a long song. I mean, it's like a day and a half. Yep. Uh, it, it is the fourth longest song to enter the Billboard Hot 100. At the time of the release, it was the longest, in addition to being the longest song to reach number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, they repeatedly mention the phrase, the day the music died. And you know what that refers to? What What the day the music died was supposed to be about? Oh, yeah, the plane crash. Yeah. Buddy Buddy Holly. Buddy Holly, the big bopper. Richie Valens. Richie Valens, yep. yeah. Um, not Lou Diamond Phillips. He did not no. die in that. Yep. Um, and that's it. So that that's a great song. Do you want to sing the whole thing? No. Yeah, right now. And then Saturday, January 15th, we're going to jump all the way to the middle of the month. Mm-hmm. The cost of a Super Bowl ad. The Super Bowl, Super Bowl six was on January fifteenth, nineteen seventy two, and eighty six thousand dollars. You saw this paper? No, you saw my paper. I didn't. <laughs> he did too. I did not. It is exactly eighty six thousand dollars. Is it really? Yeah. Sweet. You cheated. cheated. No, you did something wrong. No, <laughs> you're just, you're just. Don't have any faith in me. No, I can just tell because your face, like you're making a face, like you, like <laughs> you're making the same face. No, that uh, you and was it you and Brennan Kane made when uh, you guys stayed up all night reading the Trivial Pursuit cards and then put them all in the order of the ones you memorized. That wasn't me. <laughs> that wasn't me. That was Ryan and Brendan. Oh, that was that Ryan did that. and Brendan. Yes. Anyway, we had a fun friends drinking party and weekend where we're playing games. They and memorized stuff. all they the trivia. They stayed up all night memorizing the trivia cards from Trivia Pursuit. They knew like every answer when we played the next day. That's <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> Such a dumb thing. Anyway, you have that shitty grin on your face, so that's why I think you cheated. Nope. Anyway, you're right. $86,000 was the cost of the Super Bowl ad in 1972. Mm-hmm. And Super Bowl six was a game between the Dallas Cowboys and the Miami Dolphins. And it was the Cowboys' first Super Bowl victory. They defeated the Dolphins by a score of 24-3. to And it was played at Tulane Stadium in New Orleans, Louisiana. Mm-hmm. This is the second time the Super Bowl was played in that city. And despite the southerly location, it was unreasonably cold at the time, with a kickoff air temperature of 39 degrees, making this the coldest Super Bowl ever played. Oh. You want to guess who the MVP is? Nope. Here's a hint. It rhymes with Flodger Crawbach. I still don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Roger Staubach, duh. Okay, see? Yeah, I, no, like, how, why would I know that? Why would you know that? You don't like enjoyment and happiness in sports. Nope. The national anthem was performed by the U.S. Air Force Academy Chorale. Yeah. And the halftime show was a salute to Louis Armstrong with Ella Fitzgerald, Carol Channing, Al Hurt and the U.S. Marine Corps drill team. God, Al Fitzgerald was still alive in 1972. Yeah, that's crazy. Carol Channing was just walking around going, "Diamonds are a She was young. She was young back then. You think? Yeah. Oh yeah, I guess she would be. It was 1972. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, everyone probably wanted to hook up with her. Oh, you, you think? think so? Carol Channing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, here's the thing. I'm going to tell you, and I don't know why I get these three people mixed up, but it takes me a second. I have to th- picture each person. Okay. Carol Channing, mm-hmm. that woman who had the lamb puppet. 
Yeah, Sherry. Sherry. Yeah. And Charo. (laughs) (laughs) All three of them. I don't know if they just always were on Hollywood Squares or something when I was a kid or something, but. I could see that. I get all three of them kind of mixed up. up. I mean, I know, I definitely know Charo is a different one, but. No, I. I I lump all three of those three in one category. I could see that. I bet there was like a. what is it, Olympics with the Stars they used to have? That was Remember that? They used to yeah. Have, I wonder if there was an episode of that with all three of them in there for some reason. Battle of the Network Stars. Battle of the Network Stars, that's what it was called. Yeah, I, wonder, I can't believe we haven't found that yet. I don't know if it, it is yet. I think it's later in the 70s. It was late 70s. Sunday, January 16th, 1972. In the subject of politics, mm-hmm. this Sunday, January 16th, 1972 was Bloody Sunday. Okay. Sunday, bloody Sunday. Oh, it's what they're singing about? Yep. Okay. And then uh, on Sunday, January 3rd, you want to know what bloody well, Sunday was? Y- yeah. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. I messed up something. Okay. Sunday, January 16th, 1972, was the Super Bowl. Because it wasn't on a Saturday. It's Super Bowl Sunday, you idiot. I have Saturday the 15th. So my dates got messed up. So Sunday, January 30th was Bloody Sunday. Nobody cares what day of the week it was anyway. <laughs> Some people might. Um, and, uh, on January 30th, British troops shot unarmed protesters in Northern Ireland, killing 13 civilians. Um, and I looked it up. A little bit, just to see, like, what were they protesting? It's just kind of like the same stuff now. They're protesting, like, um, gerrymandered mm-hmm. elections and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, so, just history just keeps on doing the same old it thing does. over and over. Yep. What happened on February 3rd? On February 3rd in Boone, North Carolina. Oh, you mean the same day as the Iran blizzard, which caused approximately 4,000 deaths and the deadliest blizzard in recorded history a snow blizzard a snow blizzard yeah dropping as much as 26 feet of snow what? completely covered 200 villages and the snow lasted nearly a week oh and, my god an area the size of wisconsin was entirely buried in snow i didn't know it even snowed over there apparently it did in 1972 on february 3rd and how many people died Four thousand. Oh my God, that's terrible. Yeah, that's so that same night, so and this is—they they probably weren't prepared for it. This is also a snowy, snowy night. Oh, so speaking of snow, the size of Wisconsin, and where did this happen in Wisconsin? Boone, North Carolina. Oh, Boone, North Carolina. That's close to us. I and know. We're here in Charlotte, North Carolina. That's right. The Queen City. That's right. So, um, the, it's it's a snowstorm, and there was forty mile per hour winds, and the roads were treacherous. But, um, Up in the mountains of Boone, North Carolina. That's right. But there was this man, Bryce Durham, mm-hmm. who was 51. He was um, determined to go to his Rotary Club meeting that night. The Rotary Club meeting was on February... 3rd. Thursday. It was a Thursday night, February 3rd, the same night. So he... Wait, you're telling me he was comfortable missing me and the chimp on CBS for his Rotary Club uh, meeting? I think so. Which was a, a, a show um, about a dentist, Mike Reynolds... Mm-hmm. Uh, living a good life with his wife Liz and his two children when Scott and Kitty, their kids, find a chimp. And That's he, so dumb. And then he reluctantly agrees to keep it, but finds his life turned upside down when he, when, uh, when the eight buttons causes chaos on a regular that was, basis. I can see why that was a long-lasting show. Yeah, well, yeah, it only lasted one season. Yeah. But um, Gary Marshall produced it, and I watched the episode that was on this night. Oh, God. I found it. You did? And, yeah, and it was an episode where Buttons the Chimp eats... Uh, 
eats the Dennis Mike, the dad, yeah. eats his newspaper. Jeez. And he was really upset because he really wanted to see the... Uh, that was the whole episode, pretty much. He wanted to see the obits <laughs> or something, or the want ads. Jeez. You ate the obits? Like Curious George, the sitcom. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Yeah. But here's the crazy thing, is the scene that I watched, okay, I didn't watch the whole thing. I just watched one scene. Yeah. It was terrible. Yeah. It was basically set in the Brady Bunch house. It looked like the same exact set. They yeah, were, it was the 70s. Outside in that backyard. Yeah. And it had the, the grass was made of that... AstroTurf. Artif- artificial turf. Yeah. And they're sitting out there having their morning breakfast while the monkey's eating their newspaper. And then, <laughs> you bad monkey. Yeah. It's like Alf, but it can't talk. Yeah. And then inside, it looks, it's got orange shag carpet. Like mm-hmm. a really shaggy shag carpet. Yep. And, but then that same stone fireplace. I wish shag carpet the, would come back. Oh, I know. But how did you vacuum that? I like, know. They, uh, they make long haired carpet like that, like rug, area rugs I'm thinking that about, are like, that long. You drop stuff in it, like, didn't. It all just gets stuck in the vacuum yeah. cleaner all the time? You would think that those, yeah, it would get sucked up in the yarns would but be. But it looked like soft. It looked like it was luscious on your feet. It's so ugly, though. But think of, like, how would you get the pubes out of it? I don't even want to think about that. Okay. Anyway. So he's he's going to the Rotary Club meeting. So this Rotary Club meeting is missing me and the champ in the greatest because, television show in history. Because tonight the Green Berets were going to perform demonstrations of military skiing. Oh, at the Rotary Club? Yeah, in nearby Blowing Rock. Mm, I guess that might... Uh, oh, Blowing Rock, not not Boone. I like the demonstrations of military skiing. Oh, military skiing? Yeah. I thought you said scheming. No, skiing. Which I don't know what that would be. Yeah, that doesn't even... That's not even a thing. Oh, military skiing? Yeah. They're going to demonstrate yeah. it in the snow? Okay. So... Well, I would miss me and the chimp, I guess, for that. And you didn't have a VCR, so you can't tape it. Right. So the um, you, but could, you could audio tape it. The demonstration was soon cut short because okay. of the weather. And by uh. eight fifteen, Bryce was on his way to the Buick dealership he owned. Oh, Bryce. and because he's going to go pick up his wife Virginia, who's forty four, and their nineteen year old son Bobby Joe, who is a freshman at App State University. Oh, so, so he's going to get his son from college? No, he's there, oh, too. Oh, he stays home with them and goes yeah. to college. Okay. He's at the dealership. Oh, they're all going out to this demonstration at the Rotary Club. No, it, it got cut short, so he went after afterwards at 8.15 to pick up his... Oh, he was done with the Rotary his, Club. Yes. Went, oh, I'm sorry. I'm, That's okay. Uh, so I uh, had a juicy J earlier. When he got uh, there, Bryce switched beer. cars to, so that he could take this four-wheel drive Jimmy, um, okay. which was better suited to oh, the conditions. Yeah, that, that makes sense. I'm, I'm not... I'm not, my, my suspicions are not peaked yet. No. So. The, Seems normal. The family's last known sighting was at 9 p.m. Okay. When neighbors spotted the Jimmy going up the hill toward their house, as their house was high up on a hill. No, not gym neighbors, but neighbors of theirs. Neighbors of theirs. This, yes. An hour later and four miles away, the okay. Durham's son-in-law, Troy Hall, arrived at the trailer that he shared with their daughter, Ginny Hall, who was 19. Okay. So their son-in-law, this guy yes. doesn't live with them. He lives in a trailer. Yes. With their daughter. Yep. Who was grown. Yes, she's 19. 19. They're married. She's married at 19. That's yep. early. Um, Troy, uh, was when he was asked about it, he claimed that he was at the um, library, at the App State Library studying, and there was actual proof that he had checked something out there. Oh, okay. A book on murder? <laughs> yeah. As the halls tell it, they were at home watching TV when their reception started to get fuzzy, so they put okay. on some music. Okay. And it was then that the phone rang. Now, this is in their trailer. In saying. their trailer. Their trailer's not real close to the house. It's four miles away. Four miles, okay. So, Troy picks up the phone and says it was Virginia Durham whispering that there were three blacks that were uh, in the family's blacks? home. 
She said black. She might have said the N word. I saw it oh, different no. ways. The N word. I don't. What? I don't know. I saw it member? different. I saw it different there ways. Is, there are three blacks in my house. Yeah, they were in the family it home assaulting her husband and her son. Oh my! Is son. what she was saying, and then the line went dead. They're, yes, they're assaulting. There are three black guys in my house assaulting everybody. That's right. Yeah, you're gonna wh- what? And so all right, this so as we all know. The classic racist white piece of shit. Just well, I think in the seventies, they everybody said that. Everybody said black. There's just uh, or black just people. Black people on. Yeah, they blame yeah. everything on black people. I mean, like we haven't really changed that much if you think about I it. I hope they have, but uh, I mean, no, like no. The, this just reminds me of that. I mean, the famous one is that Susan, Susan Smith, Smith, yeah, who, who murdered her in cold blood, murdered her children, and then said it was drowned black them. Guy. A horrible and then, oh, a black guy did it, yeah. and people believe it because they're fucking racist. Oh yeah, that makes sense. A yep. black guy must have done That's it. That's right. That's terrible. All right, get off your soapbox. No, I'm just. I'm sorry. I, I am. I am. No, I'm sorry. I'm just. You're good. White We're done. people, you are no longer allowed to listen to my podcast. All this right, is only for black no, people. No, okay. okay. All right, we don't right. need to do that. Right. We don't need to do that. Don't do that. Okay, so anyway, I'm um, about it. So he tries to call back, but there's a busy signal. Okay, he can't get. So he decides to head over there and see if everything's okay. And, of course, the idea of calling the police. No, no, wait. Explain what a busy signal is to the millennials. They know what a fucking busy signal is. No, they don't. They've never heard of it. Yes. That's not a thing. All right. World. Okay. So. There's no cell phones. Right. So he he decides to, but he doesn't think to call the police because he claims that he thought the mother-in-law might have been joking. And so that's why he didn't call the police right away. That is a hilarious joke know. from the 70s when you just call. Remember when you, when you used to do oh, that? in the 70s when yeah. you would call all your friends and whisper that black people are in your house assaulting your family? Yep. Yes. And then hanging up right away. What a, right hilar- what a jokester. So she was such a jokester. Yeah, that was a classic 70s thing to do. What a prankster that woman is. So they then they say they tried to start the car, but it wouldn't start. So then they went to this neighbor named Cecil Small, who is a private investigator cecil small is a private investigator yes, and that's their neighbor so they go over there and they say will you now, give he, us a ride up to the house cecil small a tiny man i don't know i don't know whispering i don't, didn't see a picture of him oh, okay so he takes the it took it ugh, it takes them 20 minutes to travel the four miles to the durham's home because of the weather with cecil yeah cecil's going with him cecil's driving okay when they get there they can't get the their his car up the hill because it's too snowy and So icy. they end up getting out and leaving Ginny in the car. Now, 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 earlier, I'm just putting my, you know, I'm becoming a master sleuth now. Yes, I know. Because you said earlier that they were last seen at 9 p.m. walking up the hill. Is that because they can't drive up the, they couldn't drive up the hill? No, either? they weren't walking up the hill. They were seen going up the hill. Oh, not walking, but no, driving. Okay. Driving. All right, well, never mind. So. I said walking. Okay. Rewind it back and make sure. So. Well, if I did, I because, mean, if I did, pains, I know. Because okay. growing pains, I know. you're sometimes wrong and never admit it. So okay. All right. So um, it takes, they take the last part of the trip on foot and they leave Jenny in the car, which I think is a little weird if you think there's three black men running around terrorizing everyone that you're going to leave your wife in the car by yourself. Well, I mean, they're thinking the black guys are the supposed yeah. black evil black guys that yeah it's like the the birth of the nation that black guys are the evil right we you know, know anyway, we, all sorry. right but they so they think the intruders are in the house yeah so they're probably telling her stay here because we'll fight off the guys of course it's I all know. made up it sounds like it's all made up because they just just did it themselves right so they gain entry by the sliding under the malfunctioning garage door they're sliding it, them their bodies they slid under, under it, it yeah okay. 
Um, and then they find the home's been ransacked, and they can hear running water from the downstairs bathroom. Okay. When they enter, they find all three Durhams. They're bound, and they're drowned in the bathtub. Oh. So their fully dressed corpses were still aligned at the tub's edge. I don't say, how do you fit all three bodies in a bathtub? And then their heads were bobbing in the still running water. Oh, so... They weren't in the bathtub. Their heads were. Their heads were. Yeah, they were leaned over the 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 edge, aligned right next to each other, with their heads in the water. What? And you can see pictures of the really online right now. Yep. Let's Google that. What do we Google if we want to see that? Um, you probably Durham family murders, and then images would come right up. Okay, Google image search, Durham family murders. Don't do this on Pinterest because then you will just get recipes for murder and drowned get, bodies. All the yeah, time. we already uh, went through that. But maybe you'll slow down the chicken wing recipes. But, That's uh, right. So, oh my God, this is terrible. This is gr- oh my God, look at their butts. You just see. Um, so they must butts, have held their there's heads. There's nothing wrong with their butts. No, it's just like you see just their butts and their head. They're holding their heads. Under like the they water. must have held. This took more than this. T- well. I don't know. How do you murder three people and drown them? I know. At the same time. That's the weird thing. Or did they just do one at a time? Oh, they were bound and gagged, so they could have done one at a time. But they, but this is the issue. So they run out of the house and back to the car, but oh, the car's stuck in a drift, so they knock on a neighbor's door to, to call the police. Well, at no point do they say, is there any tracks or car tracks or anything? Because yeah. where do these mysterious evil black guys go? Right, exactly. So investigators notice irregularities right away. The scene appeared to be staged. The phone yeah. was yanked from the wall. Pictures were torn off the wall, and um, the be- the sheets were stripped off the bed. It's just yeah, weird it's just stuff. Like, things. like nobody's going to do clearly that. Clearly, somebody just went through the house trying to rough it up. And then there was also a bank deposit envelope with several hundred dollars laying in plain sight on the dining room chair. Okay. Uh, yeah, if you're an intruder breaking in somebody's house randomly, just randomly people you don't know to murder them in their bathtubs, you're going to take to cash. That's right. So then approximately a mile away on Poplar Grove Road, police found the still-running Jimmy, the, the, their, the ones that the That's Durham's weird. drove home. I and its lights and its wipers road. were on. And so it was, and there was no skid marks. Wait, how far away was it? It was about a mile away. Their car was a mile away with the wipers and the lights on. Yeah, and there weren't any skid marks. Um, and it almost looked like the vehicle was placed there to draw attention or something. footprints? It would be footprints of the snow, right? I don't know if it would probably be covered by this point. Oh. On the back seat, police found a pillowcase containing silver plates, which were the only items of value that were missing from the home. Okay. So an autopsy shows that although rope burns were evident on all three Durhams, Virginia was the only one strangled to death. The other two drowned. But it was the family's car that was found, right? Yes. Okay. Say, say that last bit again. Okay. If somebody was drowned. The autopsy was... showed, although rope burns were evident on all three Durhams, Virginia was the only one strangled to death. The other two drowned. The other two were drowned. And there were no defensive wounds. Yeah, they weren't fighting back at all. So that, that indicates, as a sleuth, More than one somebody... person. Oh, I thought it would be somebody they know. Well, no, you're going to have defensive wounds if somebody's trying to kill you. Yeah, but if it's somebody you know, you're not going to fight back, right? Like, hey, what are you doing? Carl, Carl, Jim, Carl. Well, you're going to fight you? back oh, if somebody's trying to strangle you or trying to drown you. Oh. You're going to fight back. So why don't they have defensive wounds then? Nobody knows. Oh, but I mean, what? But why did you mention it? Like, what does it make you think? Like, what's it supposed to make you believe? It, probably that there was at least three people. Or that they were in their sleep and they knocked them out. 
Oh, that, that could be. Um, Bryce also had a skull fracture, and Virginia's nose had been bloodied before her death. So they had, they did look like they were in some kind of a... Trauma? Yeah. Um, so... Because, I mean, it, there wouldn't be defensive wounds if you, like, if you had a gun, and you hold, mm-hmm. somebody, to a gun, uh, hold somebody up and say, hey, stay still. And it's somebody you know, and mm-hmm. so you're going to think, Craig... Craig, don't do this, or whatever yeah. the guy's name. What's Troy. It? Troy. Craig, Troy, basically the same name. If somebody has a gun, yeah. Uh, if he's got a gun, you'd be like, no, Troy, don't go through with this. Uh, I'm sorry you live in a trailer. We'll help you or whatever before he yeah. ties them up. And Well, you know. here's the here's the thing. The case is still unsolved. What? Yeah. Yep. What are you talking about? The case is still Well, how unsolved. are we supposed to, how are our listeners going to have closure? So the daughter, Jenny, inherited a quarter of a million dollars. She did? Mm-hmm. When they died. Even she, though it's obvious she was involved in this? Well, I don't know. She got the money? She got it. Um, so this is unsolved. The police are nope. still looking into this. There's a $40,000 reward. They're still interviewing every black person that yeah, was alive in the 70s? Yeah, they probably are. Troy and Jimmy divorced in 1976, and he became an attorney and owns a construction company in Georgia. Jin- st- he still does? Mm-hmm. Georgia's Jenny, not too far from Jenny here. Hall married Steve Mackey and moved to Washington State. Steve Mackey? Steve Mackey. Steve Mackey. <laughs> uh, I wonder if... Now, Steve Mackey, I don't know about you, but to me, Steve Mackey just sounds like a guy who's kind of a dick. Well, well. Fuck Steve Mackey. Well, I don't know. No, he might be a nice guy. He's probably so a nice guy. So, it's a mystery guy. in the moonlight. So, so there's a chance we could contact these two and just I, interview them. I don't think so. No, we're going to bring this to light. People I'm are gonna pretty sure they wouldn't talk to idiots on a podcast. We are idiots. That's yes. true. Um, I did talk to a, one of our listeners recently who said um, they hate the ones that are left unsolved. Oh, really? Because uh, they're just like, ah, oh, oh, you do all this and then we don't know. Like, what, but it, I want to know how it ends. And I could see that. But also it's kind of fun to think about theories, like what are the theories? Yeah, well, I, that's what I said to the person I, I uh, who was Steve Brace. Who yeah. I talk about. I told him, I said, I actually, uh, I kind of prefer them to be unsolved because then he can be like, ooh, what if? Maybe this happened. Maybe aliens. Maybe that. But this... I don't know if you're just leading me to this direction, but to me, this is a clear-cut, easy, solvable case. It's obvious that they did it. It's obvious well, they got off Well, but there's only two free. of them. They had Cecil. No, Cecil you think up, he was involved too? Well, hell yeah. If he What's up, in it for him? Well, he went up to help uh, Yeah, but they could, he could have been a pawn. Not stage the scene. What if they had him find? What if they What if they had already done all well, they that? they brought him to... And then acted like, acted, oh, yeah, wow, oh so that God, there was a witness Cecil? to it was a witness to uh, the discovery no, of the bodies. No, obviously, like you said, two people couldn't do all that unless he had a. But you gun. have to have a, you have to have a a witness when you discover a dead body. Yeah, but if he, so if he's got a gun, because otherwise like, hey, you're in trouble. You guys stay still, Bryce. Bryce, don't move. I'm going to shoot you. And then he tells Peggy, "What's the daughter? This daughter? Virginia. Virginia. Or Virginia's the wife. What's the daughter's name?" The son, you mean? The daughter who married Steve Mackey. Oh, Ginny. So, Ginny. Here's what I think happened. Ginny and Kevin. No, Troy. Troy. Ginny and Troy. I can't get these names right. Ginny and Troy show up, and they're like, hey, we're living in a trailer while you're living high on the hog. I have a gun. Don't move. Bryce, don't move. Ginny, tie him up. Ginny ties him up because they're all bound. Yeah. And then the wife comes in and goes, what are you doing to Bryce? My love of my life. And then he points the gun at her. It's like, listen, Mrs. So you think Troy could overpower they, the no, dad? No, the gun. He didn't overpower him. He's, the, yeah, but he's not you, the dad was drowned. 
Right, but he's bound and he's bound already. Yeah. So he's tying him up. But you know he was fighting the drowning because that moment you know you're dying anyway. So How are you going to fight if your arms are tied behind your back? Well, I think it would be. I think somebody could be really strong to force their head into underwater like that. I think it could be really he's hard. He's got a gun. I mean, he could. He's got a gun. What, pistol whip if him. The guy's not going to. If you're getting drowned, you're not going to care if somebody's got a gun at that point because you know you're being killed. Yeah, but you can't do that much if you're bound. Well, and I don't gagged. Know. I just I see it both ways because I can also so you see. You think black guys? No, came in and I did don't this. think black guys. I don't think there was a phone call. You think the phone call was a lie? So why is he lying about that if he didn't kill him? Why would I don't he make know. up that story? I don't know. But like, if it was like a business deal, like a business partner wanted to kill him, the Buick dealership or something, and 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 went in and killed them all, and then if that really did happen. Then is that uh, somebody's belief? Somebody believes that happened? No, I'm just saying if somebody else did do it, then I I can see the actions. Like s- some of the actions that they took are weird, but they're not, you know, like not calling the police right away. I can see that. Okay, let's go see if they're okay. Like maybe he was like, I don't know if I heard it right. Or maybe he, since it was whispered, maybe he was just saying to his wife, like, I don't know something's wrong but i don't know what it is let's go see kind of thing yeah maybe i don't know i think i think the moment you say they blamed it on black people it makes me yeah uh, you're right away right. think that because that's the classic white people just because other racist white like everyone was racist yeah and maybe in the mountains more so i don't know in the south they yeah. were you know that's right or one other theory aliens well because if there's no defensive wounds that aliens. doesn't make sense so aliens put a spell on them yeah, I don't think so, honey. Aliens didn't. They have no need for cash. Yeah. Aliens have no need for cash. That doesn't do anything for aliens. Yeah, I don't know about that, babe. No defensive wounds. Aliens. Yeah. No, nah, I think so. Haven't you? Haven't you seen? I mean, Alien you're probably the, right. I th- they aliens? probably did. They probably did do it. Or aliens. No, I, that's two. not what I'm saying. I'm not. And then the more we're talking this out, I'm now thinking I'm leaning towards the alien thing because you're ridiculous. They said North Carolina is like alien capital of the world. Like, haven't you looked up recently? There's all these alien sightings all over oh, well, North I, Carolina. I had it up there. Did you read it? No. Oh, I had a... Something about aliens? Uh, North Carolina UFO sightings. I had it up on the computer. No, there's just been ones recently. In Uptown, there's a guy with oh, a really? video on YouTube. People have been posting. Like, he's just like, I don't know what this is, but it's just hovering over the city, and here it is, and nobody's saying anything about it. Well, maybe it was aliens, babe. Or maybe it's a Goodyear blimp. Yep. Anyway, um, what's next? Well, that was a good story. So after that, on uh, February, <laughs> that was February thirteenth. Uh, that so that was that was the story of uh, me and the chimp. Okay. <laughs> Did you know that the Yelp Charlotte podcast connects you with great local businesses? This podcast includes events, reviews, and interviews featuring the people and businesses that make Charlotte, North Carolina, the vibrant, dynamic city it is. The bi-weekly show is hosted by Yelp Charlotte Senior Community and Marketing Director Nikki Wolf, and recent guests have included former Carolina Panther Steve Smith, Ice Up Sun, and Heather McDonald from Cup Crazed. I friggin' love cupcakes. Uh, find out who's making things happen in Charlotte with the Yelp Charlotte podcast. Um, anyway, we live in the Queen City. We're part of the Queen City Podcast Network, and you got to listen to the Yelp Charlotte podcast as well.
Well, then we'll jump to February 12th. After all that happened on February 12th, Al Green takes over the Billboard charts. Yeah. With Let's Stay Together. Okay. It was selected by the Library of Congress as a 2010 addition to the National Recording Registry, which selects recordings annually that are culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. The song went on to claim the number one position for the Billboard year-end chart as an R&B song for 1972. Very good. And then on Sunday, February 13th, the very next day, Mm Mm-hmm. One of the top grossing movies, Cabaret, was released. Oh, yeah. Liza Minnelli. Starring Liza Minnelli. Um, She plays a a female girly club entertainer. Sally Bowles. Sally Bowles. Uh, She romances two men while the Nazi party rises to power around them. Director Bob Fosse. The Bob Fosse-directed film. Okay. Um. Liza Minnelli, Michael York, and Helmut Graham. Graham, Graham. Mm-hmm. Um, British author Christopher Isherwood, who created the character of Sally Bowles in his short story "Goodbye to Berlin," enjoyed the attention the movie brought to his career, but felt Liza Minnelli was too talented for the role. According to him, Sally, an amateur talent who lived under the delusion she had star quality, was the antithesis of Judy Garland's daughter. Oh, burn! Yeah. Um, the film won eight Oscars, but not Best Picture. It lost that as well as Best Adapted Screenplay to The Godfather. Yep. Uh, who cares about the rest of it? In an interview given at the time of the film's release, Liza Minnelli said, you could tell she was the star of the cabaret in which the movie is set because she's the only performer with shaved armpits. Oh, I wonder if that's true if you watch it. Yeah, we'll have to look and see some armpit hair. I love me some armpit hair. We watched the trailer for this. So we, yes, we did. We try to watch all these trailers of movies we haven't seen, and it looked terrible. I mean, she lies yeah, overacting and looks terrible. I, I mean, she, she's yeah, she's not a, not a pretty woman. Yeah, she's not. But, you know, I did kind of think, because we watched a few trailers featuring women who aren't very attractive, and I... I got to hand it to the 70s, though. They didn't... Yeah, that's true. They didn't cast based on looks. No, that they was didn't. Good. They had some plain people. and Yeah. I mean, they had a lot of singing talent and stuff. Liza Minnelli and Barbara Streisand. That's true. Definitely were not attractive. So that's good. That's good that they looked past that. And now all the gay then. men can stop screaming yeah, into their into <laughs> their <laughs> radio right now. She's beautiful. You son of their phone. We're giving you one star. I'm taking back my... That's right. Love your show. Both Liza Minnelli and Barbara Streisand. I can't yeah. believe that you're ripping on them both. Or maybe just, maybe, yeah, no, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. Beauty's in the gay of the beholder. That's right. Yeah, the eye of the gay holder. Gay holder, because gay guys love those two people. Um, and Saturday, February 19th, Nilsson takes over the Billboard charts. Nilsson? Without you? Nope. I think I know it. It was a song written uh, by the British rock group Badfinger and first released on their 1970 album No Dice. The song has been recorded by over 180 artists. And a version released as singles by Harry Nilsson and Mariah Carey became international bestsellers. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
I didn't know this was that old. I thought this was in the 80s. Yeah, I, yeah, I think I was surprised. Now I remember that. I can't live a living is without you. I can't live. I can't live anymore. I can't live. Can't believe, forget this evening. Oh, your face is you. Relieved. All right. Yeah, that, I, I was actually singing that to uh, my office mate who was going on vacation for two weeks. <laughs> He's a small little, little fella. Uh, Does he listen to the podcast? No, he his wife didn't like it, and so he stopped listening to it, I think. Um, Jerk. She just said it wasn't for her. Well, she's British. That's okay if she didn't like it. He didn't have to stop just because she didn't. Well, I think they listen to podcasts together. Together, oh, maybe. So, I don't know. I think every once in a while he'll listen, but I don't think it's. I think it's too much for a lot of people. Yeah, a lot of people don't want to listen an hour and a half every week. That's true. But uh, he, uh, anyway, I sang that to him as he was leaving to try to hug him as he ran out the door. <laughs> um, I bet he loved it. That's how it goes. Can't live living is without you. I didn't know it was called without you. Though. Yeah, I, I didn't. Called. Something else, but anyway, yeah. So that was. And there's a million versions of that. Yeah, like the Mariah Carey version was real big, and that's right. She made a lot of covers, and then on Saturday, March 11th, 1972, Carnival Cruise Lines began sailing. Oh, did they? Yeah. How about that? That's pretty sweet. You've always wondered when did Carnival Cruise Line start? I've March ne- of 72. Never wanted to go on a cruise. I still have no desire to go on a cruise. I, you see one boat filled with feces, and that's that's it for me. Okay, yeah. never gonna do that. If that's a possibility, You're trapped on a boat with a bunch of strangers. And if it's a possibility to be stuck in the middle of the ocean, covered in feces, then I'm just gonna pass. What are you I talking about? Know. Covered in feces? You didn't hear about those carnival? Like a bunch of carnival cruise lines back. The plumbing backed up. No, while they're out in the middle of the ocean, and oh, and no. they, the boats filled with feces. Oh my Everyone's god! Everyone's feces were like filled. Liquid feces were like oh, filling yuck. all the cabins, so you had to sleep in feces. What? Yeah, that's disgusting. Yeah, it's disgusting. It's awful. So Carnival Cruise Lines, um, our our sponsor, Carnival Cruise Lines. Yeah, right. <laughs> Carnival Cruise. We just lost a sponsor. We're never going to get them. Nope. <coughs> I never thought we'd get them anyway, so I'm not worried about it. And then March 18th, 1972, Neil Young takes over the Billboard charts with Heart of Gold. Keep you searching for a heart of gold, and I'm growing old. The song features backup vocals of James Taylor and Linda Ronstadt. Did you know that? Oh, I didn't know that. Linda Ronstadt, sorry. Uh, it This is one of a series of soft acoustic pieces which were written partly as a result of a back injury. What are you doing? I was yawning. Oh. Sorry. You're like, you're like making a bunch of sounds. Like that. This is one of a series of soft acoustic pieces which were written partly as a result of a back injury. Unable to stand for long periods of time, Young could not play his electric guitar, and so he returned to his acoustic guitar, which he could play sitting down. He also played his harmonica during the three instrumental portions, including the introduction to the song. Okay. Uh, yeah. Sweet. Boom. And then Friday, March 24th, 1972, a movie was released um, that inspired Rodney Dangerfield's signature line, I can't get no respect. He said, all I heard was the word respect. You've got to give me respect. To respect him, I thought to myself. It sounds like a funny image, a guy who gets no respect. 
So he started that? Yep, based on this movie. You know what movie it is? No. Um, animal rights activists protested this movie for the horse's head scene. Oh, Animal House. No, no, the horse's head scene. Oh, Godfather. Yes, Godfather. Francis Ford Coppola told Variety, there were many people killed in that movie, but everyone worries about the horse. It was the same on the set. When the head arrived, it upset many crew members who were animal lovers who liked little doggies. What they don't know is that we got the head from a pet food manufacturer who slaughters 200 horses a day oh, just God. to feed those little doggies. So it was a real head? I guess. Oh. Marlon Brando wanted to make Don Corleone look like a bulldog, so he stuffed his cheeks with cotton wool for the audition. For the actual filming, he wore a mouthpiece made by a dentist. And this appliance is on display in the American Museum of the Moving Image in Queens, New York. Huh. Did you know that? No. I didn't know that either, that he had a something mouthpiece in his mouth. In his mouth. But he did talk like he had something in his mouth. I, yeah, that's what I've always thought. Like, that's the weirdest thing. Like, why is nobody addressing the way he's talking? Like, what's he got in his mouth? Nope. I didn't know it was because he wanted him to be like a bulldog. Anyway, um, I'm really, I'm going to watch this movie. Yeah. I've seen parts of it, all the probably famous parts, and I maybe I've seen it, and I just don't remember it all the way through, but... Mm -hmm. um, I need to watch it again. Yeah, it's a good movie, yeah, I think. It's supposed to be good. And then on March 25th, the very next day, America takes over the Billboard charts. Okay. Remember them? Yep. You know what they sing? I can't remember. Been through the desert on a horse with no name. name. It feels good to be out of the rain. rain. Yep. Do you know that this song was banned by some U.S. radio stations? Why? Because of supposed drug references to heroin use. Is that what it's supposed to be about or something? Um, because horse, uh, heroin was called horse. Oh, it was? Sometimes, yeah. Oh, okay. But I don't think that was what it was really supposedly about. But um, uh, oh, the song's resemblance to some of Neil Young's work aroused some controversy. Yeah, because it does. I always used to, I used to think it was, was yeah, Neil Young. It sounds kind of like Neil Young, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, yeah, and the the guy who wrote it says he he knew that virtually everybody assumed it was him, and he never fully shied away from the fact that he was inspired by Neil Young. Um, he, said, he said, I think it's in the structure of the song as much as it is in the tone of his voice. It did hurt a little because we got some pretty bad backlash. Okay. Um, and, and it's kind of funny that they thought it was copying Neil Young in it. Knocked Neil Young off the yeah, chart, the chart. With Heart of Gold. Mm -hmm. Monday, April 10th, 1972. Mm -hmm. Not only did Isaac Hayes become the first African-American to win an Oscar outside of acting with the theme from Shaft, mm -hmm. he was also the first recipient of the award to both write and perform the winning song. This day was the 44th Academy Awards. Okay. It was held at the Dorothy Chandler Pavilion in Los Angeles. It was hosted by Helen Hayes, Alan King, Sammy Davis Jr., Jack Lemmon, and produced by Howard Cook. Okay. Or Koch. I don't know. Anyway, who cares about that? The best picture was The French Connection. The French Connection won five awards. The most nominations were Fiddle on the Roof, though. Okay. Oh, along with French Connection and The Last Picture Show. Uh, that's the big deal. Um, 
One of the highlights of the evening was the appearance of Betty Grable. Battling cancer at the time, she made one of her last public appearances here. She appeared along with one of her leading men from the 1940s, singer Dick Hames, to present the Musical Scoring Awards. Grable died the following year. Oh, wow. This was the first time in the history of the awards in which the nominees were shown on superimposed pictures while being announced. Oh, so they could see their reactions. Oh, no, not that. Their, their, their pic. Just their picture behind them is, what, is all that is. I guess, yeah. So it's not that they're showing their reactions yet. <laughs> oh, maybe it is. Just as superimposed, their pictures were superimposed while being announced. So it probably is. You're probably right. You're seeing you their think? reactions, yeah. Yeah. That early? Look that up, yeah, I guess. Uh, and that same day, North Korea claimed to have sunk the heavy cruiser USS Baltimore and even preserved the ship that sunk it in a museum. However, the USS Baltimore was never deployed to Korea and was scrapped. Oh. On April tenth, nineteen seventy two. So Boom. Lying about it. Yep. Then April fifteenth, nineteen seventy two, Roberta Flack takes over the Billboard charts. Oh, with um strumming my pain with his fingers. One time. I don't think so. No. Uh okay. the first time I ever saw your face. The first time ever I saw your face. Yeah, the first time ever I saw your face. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Um I don't like that song. It's very, very overwrought, and it's very long and kind of. Yep, this was a uh, a folk song written by British political singer-songwriter Ewan McCall for Peggy Seeger, who later became his wife. Mm. At the time, they were lovers, although McCall was still married to Joan Littlewood. Seeger sang the song when the duo performed in folk clubs around Britain. Uh, who cares? Who cares about it? Yeah. Who cares? Fuck that. Fuck it. Fuck that song. Roberta Flack. That's right. I'm not really, I don't care about her much. And then Thursday, April 27th, 1972, mm-hmm. Apollo 16 pilot Charles Duke left a plastic encased photo portrait of his family on the surface of the moon with the message, this is the family of astronaut Duke from planet Earth, landed on the moon April 1972. Oh, wow. Is it still there? Probably. I mean, yeah. remember there's that other plastic thing? Yeah. That the, the Sculpture. Moon, the moon is probably just littered with garbage <laughs> no. we, we've left there. Yeah, it probably is. Yeah. My friends like, oh, somebody left all their crap here. Oh, it must be Americans. Scummy Americans. Well, that's back when people used to think, oh, we could live on the moon someday. Yeah. Like, that was big back then. Oh, well, we still might. I don't think you can live on the moon. Yeah, you can. I don't think so. Hey, you figure it out. We'll adapt. All right. And then Thursday, May 11th, the Stanley Cup champions. Uh, Thursday, May 11th is was the, the the Boston Bruins became the Stanley Cup champions. And I know we've stopped doing hockey, but the only reason I cover this is because the Stanley Cup champions, the 1963 Toronto Maple Leafs, the 1972 Boston Bruins, and the 1981 New York Islanders all have their engravings misspelled oh. on their trophy or their cup or whatever the hell it is. Yeah. Uh, the the Maple Leafs is is written as the Lees, L-E-A-E-S. Uh, Boston is B-Q-S-T-Q-N. Oh, and that's the, really bad. Yeah. Instead of the O's. Some idiot was doing it, and the Islanders was, 
was I-L-A-N-D-E-R-S. <laughs> Spell island. Yep. There are also several player name errors, I guess. Jeez. Wouldn't you just like redo it? Like, wouldn't you get it yeah, fixed get or it. something? Or do another cup or whatever? Right. I don't, I don't know. I don't get it. I don't either. Just like a trophy, right? I don't know. That's what I think. And then on Wednesday, May 24th, 1972, uh, one of the top five movies that year was a documentary about Malcolm X. Oh, yes. It was called? Malcolm X. Malcolm X. It was rated PG. It was 91 minutes long. And James Earl Jones narrates this fascinating and moving documentary about the life of the assassinated black leader through various sources. Okay. Yeah, it looked kind of interesting. We watched the trailer online or on YouTube somewhere. There's probably, I feel like now there's probably more slick documentaries about Malcolm X if you wanted to learn about him. Yeah, yeah. But there's something about watching a documentary made in the 70s about the 60s, you know. Yeah. That would, there's just probably something about it that would be even more historical or something. You're Maybe. probably right. And then May 27th, 1972, the Shy Lights. What? The Shy Lights take over the Billboard charts. Okay. C H I L I T E S. Shy Lights. Shy Lights. Um, you'll know the song, though. What is it? Oh, girl. Da 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 I sort of know. Your <laughs> singing is God, like the worst. I can't sing at all. Like I, I can hear I, it. I think I know it. You know, that's the weird thing is, how come I can hear it, but I can't? I can't like translate what I hear in my head to my vocal cords. Um, oh, girl. And maybe I'm Oh, yeah. Also probably been redone a bunch of times. Trouble if you left me now. Yeah, that's so 70s. Look at the afros. They had giant round heads. I gotta say, I love big round afros like yeah i think they're I, awesome looking yeah i that's the one thing i always wish that i could have had has been able to have is i, I don't know if i like white guys with big round afros no no so. no because i'm white i can't i mean yeah. if i was i that's the main reason i was when i was little i want to be a black guy like so you could have one i wanted to be i don't know why but i wanted to be Dwayne from what's happening yeah with that giant afro and i think Dwayne specifically because he was a little guy and Mm -hmm. i was i knew i was gonna be a little guy i was always little and uh do you think that'll ever come back in fashion oh yeah i'm sure it will like on like back then it was everybody oh i know they were big giant everybody had them to me they were so cool it was the coolest thing ever i don't know why but why but do you think it'll be like that ever again where everybody will have them yeah, I mean, I think everything in the world will come back in. Because that was like Maybe. even old people. Yeah, yeah, man, I love that. They're just so cool. Like, why? I don't know why they why it's going away. Maybe it's a lot of work. Yeah, I think it is. I don't know. I think it is. I, but it. I mean, God, Dwayne was the coolest. Because yeah, Dwayne, Dwayne would just walk in and he'd be the coolest. Ah, what's happening? I, I always want to be Dwayne. No, so I think unfortunately, though, um, that's we're gonna have to leave it uh, at the end of May because we're it looks yep. like we're out of time. And yeah. speaking of afros, 
Chuck Berry just came. Oh, Chuck Berry. Um, just so y'all know, this was recorded in the middle of Hurricane Florence, uh, this episode. That's right. We are in a hurricane right now. We're hunkered down. We lost power yesterday, but it came back on in time so for us to record this we podcast. We recorded the podcast. And I, I honestly was expecting this to be shut down. Yes, like we me were, too. We were, we're hunkered. It's raining. We got some wind outside, and we were actually thinking, I mean, there's trees down everywhere. We're in Charlotte, North Carolina, so we thought... You know, we'll just start recording, and when it goes out, it goes out. But we made it all the way through. We did. Woohoo! And there's Chuck Berry. And there he is. And so he's, he's in. He's in. Thank here. you for so listening. Please rate, review, subscribe. Yeah, give us a bunch of stars. Uh, um, tell your check friends. Check us out on Facebook, tweet us, Twitter. Um, give us your feedback. Say, hey, is, you think it sucks? Just yep. say, hey, stop doing this or stop doing that it, or just go away or I don't like podcasts. Do we have a, a Facebook page that people can join? Yeah, yeah. There's a Facebook page. It's just like a Facebook page. Oh. So like you can like it. Like in on the Facebook you can group. Join it. You I think you just like it. And Facebook then, group. Because I get an email from Facebook all the time. It's hey, you're not updating your Facebook page, you idiot. Your fans haven't heard from you. There's like 150 people that have liked it, but I think half the people are just. People. I wonder if we make a Facebook group. Oh, I don't know how that works. Maybe we should. Like you did with the wild goose, but make a Facebook group, and then people can join that. How do they? Do they have to be invited or something? Well, they have to. They yeah, they have to be invited. But we didn't. We would let anybody. Anyway, this isn't a good outro. <laughs> this is right. an idea. This is right. a brainstorm sesh. Okay. Turn All right. into a brainstorm sesh. All right. Sorry. Sorry. Anyway, God, Christ, uh, <laughs> quit screaming at me. <laughs> well, you know, you take you talk about a podcast. And you're trying to do an God, outro. We're, we're coming an outro. We're saying good night. We're saying goodbye. We're saying thank you All for right. listening and, and turn it off and see you next week. Talking about but then you're brainstorming. Different. You're just brainstorming. I'm sorry, Christ. Anyway, if you quit don't scream. You're frothing at the mouth. Anyway, Chuck Berry's in here with his cameras and his bathrooms. And if you haven't taken your shirt off yet, go ahead, take your shirt off. It's the end of the podcast. And wherever you are, take it away, Matt doing. Truman. Matt Truman Ego Trip. By the way, I, I haven't mentioned this. This new song by uh, Matt Truman Ego Trip is available on on um, Bandcamp, I believe. Check out Matt Truman. There's a link to it on whatever whatever format you're listening to. Look at the description. There's a link to Matt Truman's album. Uh, all I think all of his albums are his his fan page. Buy his albums. He's great. He yep. needs to be making music 24-7. That's right. Because that dude, he's like fucking Mick Jagger. Yeah. Mixed with Prince. Mixed with, uh, uh, I don't know. A little bit of Horshack. David Lee Roth. Horshack? I'm just kidding. No. Um uh, no, he, he's like Mick Jagger and Prince. If Mick Jagger and yeah. Prince had sex, and then uh, um, and and stuff. That's right. Okay. To me, I think he's Prince and Mick Jagger mixed up. Yeah, he yeah. is. Anyway. Anyway, if those two had sex, it'd be Matt Truman Ego Trip. So anyway, we'll see you next week. We'll be back with the rest of 1972 with actual Chuck Berry has and a Billboard song. I'll be born. And you'll be born in October. Oh, that's we got to right. have your mom on. we got to interview oh, your mom. Right. That's what we said we are going to do. That's right. So see if we can arrange uh, Have her come that. over. Have her come on and uh, talk about the day you were born and what happened. And, the, and go into details about the labor. Yeah, I want details about the labor and the pain. and the, I don't know, know about that. The episiotomy, <laughs> that's a thing. I don't think back they had then. those back I don't then. Did they have those back then? <laughs> oh, God, it's gross. Anyway, Ooh. thank you guys for listening. All right. See you later. We fucking love you, dudes and ladies. Everybody else.
American Timelines is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network. For more information, go to queencitypodcastnetwork.com.